Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm Lori Boyer. Today's show is being brought to you by Kubota, celebrating 50 years of helping people get the job done right with versatile, durable equipment. Kubota, together we do more. I introduce to you today Hannah Fuller as my guest. She is the communications manager for the Farmers Market Coalition. Before we start talking about the coalition and the work you do there, Hannah, tell us more about you and your background. Thanks for having me, Lori. Yeah, so um, I am the communications manager for the National Farmers Market Coalition. I am from Oregon, uh, born and raised, and recently relocated to the East Coast. So I'm living in Washington, D.C. We're a fully remote organization. Organization, So we have staff all over the country. I, I like to say that if you're in any state in the U.S., probably there's one of us in a neighboring state somewhere close by. And yeah, my degree is in botany. I, I studied plants in, in college and that brought me into food systems work and a lot of work with agriculture. And I got really passionate about creating resilient local food systems and farmers markets are a big part of that. And so I got a job with the Farmers Market Coalition and they they keep trusting me to run communication. So I do everything from social media to the website and press releases and, and things like that. So I get to spend a lot of time chatting with farmers markets around the country and uh, sharing their stories. So it's, it's a really fun job. As we move into the show, I want to visit with you more about getting more farmers engaged in farmers markets and learn more about what are some things we can do and how that might look. But let's talk more about the organization right now and just kind of give some outline and information on on farmers markets in general. But the Farmers Market Coalition is a nonprofit, right? Yep, yep. So we're a 501c3. We are a membership-based nonprofit, which means that we have farmers markets as our members. So our primary stakeholder is the farmers market operator. And that we sometimes joke that farmers markets are like snowflakes, not a single one is alike. So uh, sometimes markets have a market manager uh, who's paid. Sometimes they have a market manager who's a volunteer. Sometimes they have a full staff or they might have a volunteer board who runs it. So we use market operator as an umbrella term to kind of capture all of those people that are working behind the scenes to make farmers markets happen. Uh, Sometimes those people also happen to be vendors, also happen to be farmers, um, or they're just somebody who has some time on their hands and really cares about their community and wants to put together a farmer's market. So those people can be a variety of folks, but there's often, they're kind of the unspoken, unseen heroes working behind the scenes to make farmer's markets run and and look beautiful and and serve the local economies wherever they are. So um, that's our primary stakeholder. And so uh, we have about almost a thousand members, people who serve our organization that are our official members. There are about eight to 9,000 farmers markets around the country. So we serve all farmers markets, whether or not there are members. We, we serve to be a voice for farmers markets in a lot of federal policy and advocacy. So we work closely with the USDA, as well as a number of other elected officials on a federal level to advocate for more resources for farmers markets and whatever our members are currently most concerned about. So, you know, during COVID, there was a lot of that work. And then we also work with state associations. So a lot of states have, like my home state of Oregon, we have the Oregon Farmers Markets Association, um, and they are kind of our our state level equivalent. So we work with a lot of state level associations to support them 
in creating policies and um, and different you know rules and regulations that are going to serve farmers' markets best. And then we also do a lot of resource development. So we have a lot of partnerships with experts in the field. We also do some you know. We call it network meetings. You know, networking is kind of a funny term, but um, but we we collect a bunch of expertise from current farmers market managers about what, how they're tackling challenges in their areas. So we'll try to collect all of that information and then put it out in a more digestible uh, form for other markets. So we really view ourselves as a collector of information and resources, and as a connector between farmers markets with needs and farmers markets that have expertise or grant programs at the USDA or whatever. So we kind of view ourselves as the connector between um, information and markets. Um, and really, we've we've found that the people who are actually running markets on the ground, they're really the experts. So we try to pull as much information from them and, and give it out uh, to others who need it. Hannah, I think it used to be that when we thought farmers markets, we thought rural areas, smaller towns, but now it feels like they're popping up all over and maybe more so than I've seen anyway in urban areas. So what is is really making farmers markets more popular right now and really drawing a lot of consumers? Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, you know, I, I've i seen that same thing. We've seen so many more markets, over, especially over the last five to 10 years, there's really just been an explosion in the number of markets, you know, and some people are like, are there too many markets? And obviously, you're talking to somebody who works for the Farmers Market Coalition. So obviously, I don't think there are too many markets. But definitely, we've seen big growth in markets. And even through the pandemic, we've seen a lot of farmers markets that struggled a lot to, you know, work through new regulations and constantly changing public health guidelines. You know, 2020 was such a hard year for so many people and and farmers markets were not exempt from that. But we also saw that the pandemic had a lot of effect on how people looked at where their food was coming from. We had a lot of big grocery store chains that were struggling to adapt to changing supplies, you know, and there was fluctuations in what was available in your local Kroger or whatever. And so there was a certain amount of, well, I can go to the farmer's market. I can look at my farmer um, in the face, even if it's behind a mask and, you know, talk to them and see where my food was grown and know that it was only their hands that touched it from the field to my plate. And, and that was super cool. Also, farmers markets were an open air environment, which a lot of people felt safer shopping in. And so for a number of reasons, a lot of farmers markets saw growth during the pandemic. Um, obviously, you know, not every market saw the same amount. And and some there were some farmers markets like like you're talking about in urban areas that were in business districts and people weren't even going into the office. So some of those farmers markets didn't survive as well as, as some of the others. But I think there was some of that with the pandemic. But even before that, we are seeing seeing in so many places and people of all income levels, people want to buy local food. They want to know where their food has come from. They want to feel a connection to their food and the land and the farmers that are stewarding the land in their local area. You know, there's countless studies that show most consumers 
buying local is something that is a priority to them. And so it's really, I think more than farmers markets competing with each other or anything like that, it's farmers markets really trying to, and, and local food in general, trying to become more of a, a slice of the pie and, and how much of a percentage of Americans' food is coming from, from a local food source. So I think, yeah, it's been really exciting to see. And I think even folks living in urban areas are really excited to have that connection. Um, and so it's it's cool to see. It's also a fun thing to do on a Saturday and, you know, take an Instagram photo. So there, yeah. there are also those people too. <laughs> Great way to socialize and network and yeah, yeah take your kids. <laughs> But Hannah, I want to ask you, when you mentioned grant programs and things like that, I yeah. know in the applications, I would imagine they would ask, what is a farmer's market? Or how do you define a farmer's market? So how do you actually define it? I mean, I have an idea in my head and I'm sure everyone else does, but how yeah. is it actually defined? Yeah. So we don't have a proper definition on our website. The USDA does, and I'm going to pull it up while okay. we are chatting. Um and because I don't want to just say it offhand. So one moment. Um, yeah. Okay. So the USDA defines a farmer's market as a common area where several farmers gather on a reoccurring basis to sell a variety of fresh fruits, vegetables, and other farm products directly to consumers. So for us, it's really about that direct to consumer piece. So it's where um, you have producers who have grown the food or raised the animals or produced the salsa or whatever. Um, they had their hands in directly with making that food product that you're purchasing, or maybe sometimes it's yarn or something like that. They were directly involved in the production of that product and they are interfacing directly with consumers um, in, in, some, in some way, whether that's picking up a box or shopping um, at a stand. It's that farm direct element that we think is really important, both for resiliency in the food system and just taking out the middleman. Um, farmers who sell at farmers markets get a lot more of the chunk of money that is being paid for their goods than a farmer who sells to a grocery store just because there isn't a middleman in between the consumer and the producer. Um, so that's really important to us. We don't provide a number for local in terms of mileage. There are often farmers markets that choose to define that. So they say we only have products from within a hundred miles of Raleigh, North Carolina, you know, like they really will decide on a number as a national organization. We aren't able to really do that because every community is different and might have different needs for what is going to be local for them. Or maybe there is a, an egg vendor that's just a couple miles down the road, but if they want to get some really good produce, they're going to need to go farther outside of the city to get that produce or something like that. So we want to leave that up to the market organizations to kind of choose what's going to serve their community best. But we really think it's all of that, that consumer and producer direct relationship is really important. We'll be right back after this short break. Farming demands well-built equipment. Kubota equipment that's proven for over a century. Tractors that are adaptable and versatile. Hay tools backed by a two-year warranty. Sidekick utility vehicles where durability meets speed. And productive SSV skid steers. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Back we come now with the Farmers Market Coalition Communications Manager, Hannah Fuller. 
According to USDA in a farmer's market survey in 2019, there were 8,000 farmer's markets in the United States. And Hannah, you had mentioned that there are still several thousand farmer's markets across the United States. So how can we potentially get more farmers involved in farmer's markets? I know one point you just mentioned was pointing out that they can get more money straight to their pockets rather than going through a third party. Yeah. Yeah. So there are, I will say there are always farmers markets looking for more vendors, especially those vendors that are producing food. So we love craft vendors. We love that, uh, that whole side of farmers markets. But if you're a farmer growing produce or producing meat or, um, you know, there's that those food vendors are the heart of farmers markets. And so there are always markets looking for, uh, farmers to get involved in the market. Often markets will have a vendor application period that's during, usually during the winter. So during the off season, uh, they will be accepting vendor applications. Again, something that's not super standardized. So it might vary from uh, location to location. But if you are a farmer in a local area, you can look up which farmers markets are around and um, connect with the market managers. They're usually lovely people. They might be farmers themselves that are interested in attracting more farmers to their to their locations. Um, I would say that we're also working with farmers markets across the country to try to make applications for farmers markets more equitable and accessible. So that's, um, that's a part of farmers market management and operations that can sometimes really cater to farmers that have been there for decades. Um, and we are trying to work with market managers and encouraging them to look at their application process and think about how it could be more welcoming mm -hmm. to young farmers or unconventional farmers and, and how to um, really make sure that they have application processes that aren't super long and, you know, just cater to the people that have been there, been there for years. So uh, that's something that we're working on. But mostly if you are a farmer who wants to get involved, I would recommend just reaching out and, and um, letting a market manager know. We are often seeing market managers that are seeking out vegetable and, and other vendors. So it's definitely, um, you know, we need more people farming our food and, and that's what consumers want to connect with. So. And Hannah, since you are a communications specialist in the marketing world, what are some tips you might have for farmers who are selling at farmers markets to make them even more successful at selling their products? Yeah, yeah. So it's simple stuff, like simply your produce is so beautiful. Like I'm always saying with the markets that we work with, you know, farmers markets are photogenic. They are, they're, you know, there's nothing like a bountiful pile of produce to attract customers. And so most of the time, you know, we work a lot with the folks that are managing the farmers market pages, um, but also those folks are looking to their vendors to work together. So if you're a vendor and you're heading to the market or, you know, you've just harvested something and you're going to be there in a couple of days, snap a picture and post about it because then your consumers know, okay, if I go to the market on Saturday, I wasn't really sure it might be sprinkling, you know, not like ideal weather to go to the farmers market, but oh my gosh, I saw those radishes. They looked amazing. I want to go. And it's, it seems really simple, but it is, it's so attractive to folks and, and, you know, they can plan meals around it and stuff like that. We've seen some farmers do recipes on their Instagram or on their social media, or some farmers even have newsletters. So it really depends on your capacity as a farmer, which most farmers are 
already pretty much at, at peak capacity. Farming's not a 40-hour-a-week uh, job, that's for sure. So, you know, there's but something even as simple as just like, hey, look at these peaches. We're headed to the market on Saturday. See you there at nine. You know, that kind of thing. And reiterating what time you'll be at the market and even just the market address. Again, simple things, but Sometimes customers are a little lazy. So if you can tell them the time and the place, they will be there. And so that's been something that we've seen. And then also farmers will often tag the um, the farmer's market account mm. and then they'll get to repost it. And that that helps the market because they want to know what you're bringing too. And so um, we've really seen some good collaboration there when it comes to social media, which you know, the algorithm on social media, who knows what it's doing, but we have noticed that they it likes collaboration. And so it can be working together with your other, with, you know, the farmer's market organization as a farmer, you can often get folks really excited to come. My conversation with Hannah Fuller, communications manager for the Farmer's Market Coalition continues right after this. Farming demands well-built equipment. Kubota equipment that's proven for over a century, tractors that are adaptable and versatile, hay tools backed by a two-year warranty, sidekick utility vehicles where durability meets speed, and productive SSV skid steers. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Hannah, what kinds of questions does your organization get when it comes to farmers markets, whether it's from farmers themselves or from people who are organizing and participating in farmers markets? Yeah, so we, I mean, it depends on the time of year. So, you know, when we're headed uh, indoors in the winter, it'll be questions about how to operate a farmer's market indoors, and especially during COVID, how to do that safely. And then we'll see often, uh, we get a lot of questions about ways to, uh, we do a lot of work just generally with um, SNAP and SNAP match. So folks that are on the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program or food stamps, those programs that are at farmer's markets, we do a lot of technical assistance and support for nutrition incentive programs. So that's markets that are accepting SNAP as a form of currency at the market, as well as a lot of uh, states have really cool stuff like double up food bucks or an equivalent program, which is where customers that are using SNAP at the market um, can swipe their card and they'll get twice as much money to spend at the market as they would at a local grocery store. So um, those are super cool programs that uh, bring in a lot of extra dollars for farmers and lead to just more produce consumption and and, um, more access for more customers at the market. So we get a lot of questions about those kinds of programs, how to run them, how to attract customers, how to help farmers know what to do with a SNAP app card versus a credit card and, you know, all the complicated, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into running those programs. Uh, So we get a lot of questions about those. We get a lot of questions about USDA grants um, and supporting folks with applying for those. They are incredibly long and complicated grants to apply for. Uh, And so, and so we're, we're working with the USDA to try to support them in simplifying grants, but, but there's still a lot of questions that come through. We also, we have a listserv on our website where um, market managers from across the country can join and they just chat with each other and they'll talk about anything from, you know, our farmer's market is on bark chips and it's hard for wheel people folks oh. in wheelchairs to go across it. How, how have you solved this? Or, you know, we just had a crazy windstorm and our tent blew away. What do you use to, to hold down? 
on your tents. Like, so sometimes the simplest things like that. And then also, you know, more complicated questions like the one you're asking about social media and, and things like that. So it's really a wide variety, I would say. Um, but but we like to serve as, as the hub for me. Several of those things I would not have even thought about. So that was good. That was a good answer for sure. I just learned a whole bunch right there, Hannah. <laughs> When it comes to the USDA grants, just talking a little bit more about that. So are those available for individual farmers and ranchers as well? Yeah, so there's a wide variety of USDA grants. And if you are a farmer and you are in need of any type of capital um, for improvements on your um, on your site, or there's a wide variety of USDA grants, we work primarily with the local food promotion program grants. So um, there's the farmer's market promotion program, and then there's a local food one as well. And, that's a, and then there's a regional food systems grant. Um, and so there's a wide variety of grants at a lot of different scales. So there are individual farmer grants. And then there's um, these other grants that are for farmers markets. There are some that are for like local food systems where we'll see organizations like the like in Georgia, there's like a, a farmers market association that came together with a local food organization that came together with another uh, like a food assistance program, and they all apply for one grant together. So we'll, we'll see often um, collaboration on those kind of bigger regional ones, just because you got to have a few organizations that are all working on the regional food system together. So those are an option, and often those will lead to um, you know promotion of farmers markets in areas or trying to create a food hub that, that will end up kind of trickling down to benefit farmers. But if you're an individual farmer, I would recommend looking at the USDA website. Obviously, you know, there, there's some bureaucracy to work through when you're applying to those grants. Sometimes it's kind of confusing. They do have some supports available, um, assistance to help farmers apply to those. And you know, there's also, there's honestly been a history of a lack of equity in USDA grant programs. Um, and it's something that they are pretty open about the, the rough history that has existed where a lot of farmers of color were way less likely to get grants in the past than um, now they're working on, on really trying to create a more equitable system where everybody has access to the capital at the same, at the same level. So yeah, but there's a lot of USDA grants out there, uh, and and it's just it's just finding the time to apply during a busy season and planning ahead because the money can take a little while to get to your account. Does the Farmers Market Coalition foresee a continued expansion in farmers markets, not only in the number of them, but in the products that we see in farmers markets? We've been primarily talking about probably fruits and vegetables, but some craft items. I've seen wine. I've seen yeah. glasswork and artwork and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we would love that. That's our vision of of what happens. And, and like I was saying earlier, we have a lot of consumer research data that says that more people want to buy more food, more of their food locally. Like most Americans want to buy local food. And it's just making sure that the farmer's market has everything that they're looking for. And some of that is consumer education around like, hey, you might not be able to get broccoli every month of the year, but try this other amazing product that's in season right now. Um, you know, that, that kind of thing. But then, I mean, ideally we would see more Americans shopping at more markets and buying more of their weekly groceries 
at a farmer's market. And yeah, like you said, I, you know, if I, if I really want to, I can go to a farmer's market, I can buy a pork chop, I can buy potatoes, I can buy wine and loaf of bread and salad greens and salad dressing. And like, you know, and, and obviously that depends on which farmer's market you're going to. Um, I, you know, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and we have 45 farmer's markets in the city alone. And it is, they are amazing. And, and we're known for that. So obviously a little bit spoiled in that way, but so many markets are expanding. And like you said, a lot of, uh, you know, young businesses are viewing farmers markets as a great access point to growing their business. So we have countless examples of, you know, young entrepreneurs, whether they're young in age or just the business is young, uh, really getting excited about starting a business. And a farmer's market is usually a super cheap way to test out your products, get them out into the world in front of people. And we've seen so many um, vendors then move into a brick and mortar business later on. You know, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of businesses, even like uh, if you're familiar with Dave's Killer Bread or which they sell in Costco now, but they started at a farmer's market in Portland or like Schmidt's deodorant is this very famous natural deodorant. And now they're in Walgreens and all over, um, but they all started as farmer's market vendors. And so we've seen, we've definitely seen that growth in expanding beyond just produce like you're talking about. I buy most of my Christmas presents at the farmer's market, you know, so um, there's, a, there's a lot of options. So we would love to see. And I think right now, I think, you know, it's only a couple percentage. It's like two or, you know, depending on the survey, two or six percent of food in the U.S. is sold at a farmer's market. We would love to see that grow. And we think that consumers want that. And it's just finding the right locations and the right hours and and consumer education about what's available at a farmer's market price point is actually much more reasonable than uh, most farmer most people assume about farmers markets um, and just trying to trying to make them more accessible whenever we can yeah i never thought about it as an incubator yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it is, but exactly. it kind of is <laughs> yeah. and even like even young farmers you know there's uh-huh. a lot of farmers markets uh who they have um especially for young and starting out farmers or just folks that are new to the market, sometimes they'll have options where it's like, Hey, if you're new, you know, we'll have a reduced rate for vendor fees or we'll, um, allow you to come once a month instead of once a week. So you can like bring your product when it's all ready or whatever it is. And so there's a lot of, I've really been struck by the people that we work with, which are the market organizations. They are, passionate food people and they want to see their farmers and producers in their area succeed. They want to grow a resilient local food system in their area. And so I've been really struck by their generosity and their excitement and and the way that um, folks are always trying to, to bring more people into the market community. And you alluded to this. I mean, there's some byproducts from a farm, depending, of course, on what they're raising and how large the farm is. But yeah. for example, goats leads into goat's milk soap. Yeah, or, exactly. Um, cheese, if you're on a dairy, it leads into cheese and cheese yeah. curds, flavored milks and things like that are that are gaining in popularity. So there's yeah. kind of those natural, non-consumable things or like I said, flavored milk would be consumable, but that are kind of the offshoots of having your farmer ranch. 
Exactly, exactly. And there is, and there's so much of that that's so popular. And, and I know like my mom, she goes to the farmer's market every Saturday in her rural town in Oregon. And she, you know, she knows all of her favorite farmers by name and I'll come and visit her. And I'm like, mom, what is this soap? Where did you get it? And she's like, well, let me tell you about it because she's created that direct relationship with her farmer and she'll end up buying stuff that I don't think she ever would have bought if she had, didn't have that direct relationship. But instead, she's so excited about it. And, you know, I think consumers are more willing to try new things and like, you know, use the byproducts and, and, and those value added products that they maybe wouldn't buy if it was just at the shelf at a grocery store. And so, I mean, obviously she's my mom, so she might lean a little biased towards farmer's markets, but I've always thought about her as that example of like the consumer that's just really learned so much about their food and, and is more adventurous due to that direct relationship with their producers. Which can go back to the original question of how to get more farmers engaged. Well, there's another selling point for you. Right? Yeah. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you for might sure. get people to, to purchase things from you that they w- otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. And another point too, like if you're interested in wholesale to restaurants, often um, we've noticed a lot of restaurateurs will go to the farmer's market on the weekend to kind of check out what's available. And we've seen farmer's markets as a, a connector point between restaurants and farmers. And so we've seen some farmers move into some wholesale sales on the side. And then also we've seen some farmers, a lot of farmers use the farmer's market as a CSA pickup point. So if you're looking into doing a CSA box or some kind of subscription program, uh, we've seen the farmer's market as a great pickup point and as a way to kind of gain more customers for those uh, season long income opportunities as well. All right, Hannah, anything else to point out or talk about that I have not asked about today? I guess my only thing would be that National Farmers Market Week is August 7th through 13th. So this is our 23rd year celebrating National Farmers Market Week. It always starts on the first Sunday of August. So this year, that's the 7th. The USDA proclaims it. And then uh, over at the Farmers Market Coalition, we release a toolkit. So that's already up on our website. So uh, you can go check that out. And it has templates and social media posts and and, and graphics that uh, farmers, farmers markets, or people who just love local food uh, can use to celebrate National Farmers Market Week. You'll probably notice that local farmers markets in your area might be doing something special like a raffle, or um, we've even just seen people dress up in silly fruit and vegetable costumes um, as a celebration, but we use it as an occasion to really highlight nationally everything that farmers markets do for their communities. So we would love to have any and all join us in celebrating. Um, And yeah, we just encourage anybody to find us on social media, give us a follow. We're always sharing things about farmers markets and resources for for folks to use to support markets all all year long. And Hannah, that website is? Farmersmarketcoalition.org or at FMCorg on all social medias. So that's at FMCorg. I want to thank my guests for joining me here on the show today. Hannah Fuller, she is the communications manager for the Farmers Market Coalition. And thank you to everyone for listening here today. Also, thank you to our sponsor, Kubota. For Successful Farming, I'm Lori Boyer.